How you living? How you feeling? How you doing? What is up? What is good? David Ingber joining us on this wild card edition of the Betting Show. David, what kind of smooth jazz are you listening to recently these days? Only on WKRM 880. <laughs> I actually was walking through a Barnes & Noble a couple years ago, and Kenny G was giving a small performance to like 30 people. And it was one of the smoothest things I've ever seen. I mean, when do you get a chance to see? It was just one of those random things. He was giving a performance and he ended up playing, uh, instead of putting the saxophone in his mouth, he put it in his nose and he could still play. It was one of the truly most unbelievable things I've seen live. Kenny G thinking that putting a saxophone up his nose is entertainment is like... It was. He's not wrong. I don't know. No, because then you know he's eventually going to put it back in his mouth. So now I know Kenny G's a bugger in here. <laughs> I think he had a second... He had a second little you know what, though, thing. He was fine. He's no, he as, a, as a saxophone player myself. Uh, you play the sax? Quite good. I didn't know yes. that. I don't have one with me anymore, but if you threw one up there, I could play some What Is Hit by Tower of Power if need be. But I will say that the truly great saxophone players, this is going to sound crazy, can play while blowing out and sucking in. And so yeah, maybe he, that he was he just breathing in his nose. Which is better. I'm just really worried that the, Kenny the G's breathing. Uh, eating some Kenny B's, some boogers. That's my fear. <laughs> it's all possible. But Kenny G, he knows how to work a crowd. It was uh, it was an insanely very, it was as excited as you can get in a Barnes & Noble. I'll tell you that much. There is the sound of a Kenny G sax. It's just like, okay. Uh, I, saw, I read this today and I wanted to share just this little thing with you. Uh, the late comedian Mitch Hedberg had a funny story he told in his act. Sitting down for an on-air interview, a radio DJ asked him, so who are you? And in that moment, he had to think, is this guy really deep or did I drive to the wrong station? And that just, it made <laughs> me laugh so much. But it's, uh, you know, it's here we are and it's wild card weekend. And we and the NFL is so funny where the Super Bowl and everything's so big and, and a question like, who are you? Uh, it's just, I don't know. It's it's racketing my brain. We have a very big podcast today. We are going to go over wild card weekend, the big six games and some of the betting lines. Ingber is going to pitch me on a new way to gamble, which sounds exciting. Uh, we are going to have Antoine Bethay, legendary safety that just announced his retirement. We're going to recap a little bit of his career, and then we're going to talk to the crack daddy. And we're going to get some insights from the Vegas Strip. I did an, uh, an interview last night, by the way, Ingber, with Tiki Barber and Lewis Riddick, and all it did is yeah. get me super excited for the Ravens-Titans game, which he is going to be calling on Sunday because I could tell he's already talked to some people and the bloods are boiling and... I think I have come with my underdog parlay of the week. Not really one that I believe in, but if you do, you should bet it. I'll have all that in a little bit. But first, you have a new way to bet. Gamble. What is going on? So I didn't invent this. This is an old way of gambling, but it's something that I pitch to person after person after person, people that love sports, and they've never even heard of this. And as the sports funds are, this is kind of what you're supposed to do. I promise you the reason why this is not popular is just because it takes a minute or two to explain, right? Sometimes you want to explain someone the premise of a movie and then within 13 seconds, they're just, their eyes glaze over and you're like, ah, this isn't an easy premise to explain. You're never going to get yeah. to enjoy this thing. This is that for gambling, but just bear with me for a minute. I promise okay. you'll be into this. Okay. Imagine if you will, you've got 
10 friends and you're doing a pool where everyone's putting in 10 bucks, right? But instead of saying, I've got $10 on the Chiefs or I've got $10 on the Bills, imagine you can sprinkle your dollars however you want. So you could put a dollar on the Bills, $3 on the Colts, $4 on the Chiefs, add it up to get... Exactly. You can bet however you'd like. So of your 10 friends, maybe a few of them have some money on the bills. Maybe a few of them have some money on the chiefs, etc. So over the course of a few days of people throwing their money down, however they'd like and creating you know, distributing their, their, their money, portfolios, however you, like, you are in essence, creating your own odds among your friends groups, oh. right? Where if there's a hundred dollars total in the pool, 10 people times 10 bucks and $40 of it is on the chiefs. Well, you now have a 40% of your money pool is on the chiefs. So if you bet on that, you'd get the certain payout based on how much of the 40 mm. you put in. Now, what this also means is that if you put a dollar down on a long shot, like Washington, for example, you put $1 down and you're the only person in the whole pool that was silly enough to put a dollar down on Washington winning the Super Bowl. You now have a hundred to one odds because you own a hundred percent of Washington Mm. in this pool. Whereas if you put down $20 on the chiefs, for example, and there's $40 total on the chiefs, you now own 50% of the chiefs Mm. in this pool. So what I love about this. Yeah, I was going to say, so that means now, like if I'm the only one that bet on Washington and they win it all, does that mean I get all of the money? I get all hundred dollars. You get all. The money gotcha. Of all of and it. then yes. if the Chiefs so win, we break I- it down based on the percentages that we've all poker. I gotcha. Exactly, because almost everyone would throw some money down on the Chiefs, and a lot of people would throw all mm. ten of their dollars down. Do you on the do Chiefs. it blind, or do you uh, get to see where the, everyone's putting their money? That's a great question. And there's, that's two different ways of doing it. Some people, they set up, uh, there, there's like a website where you can set it up for your friends, where as soon as I put in a dollar, the odds Ooh. slightly change. And so you just have I to put like down exactly what it is. I feel like that's less fun than I think it's a lot more yeah. fun. Right. And that way, once the, all the dollars are locked and let's say you say, okay, Saturday at noon, yeah, all, the, then it gets the locks, revealed. all the bets are done. Then you get to reveal, hey, you actually have a five to one ticket on a team that's only listed at three right. to one in Vegas. And so what I love about this uh, is a few things. Number one, you can actually bet with or against your friends. Yeah, you can so for example, friends, you and I, I love. Exactly. Yes. If your friends are idiots, you can definitely take advantage of them. But uh, if you live in, let's say, Chicago, and you know that your friends are going to overwhelmingly put some dollars down in Chicago, you can actually gain some advantage there because you know that they're going to be doing that. Also, you and I, if you and I put a, put a bet down this weekend against each other, it would be like, you put some yes. money on the Colts, I put some money on the Bills, so we can't both win. But if you and I both decide to sprinkle a little money on the Colts and the Bills, you and I can both mm. celebrate if the Colts or Bills end up winning the Super Bowl. Is there a name for this game? Paramutual. It's a French word, which means mutual betting. Mm. If, if what I said doesn't make sense to you, there's a great Wikipedia page that explains all of it with numbers, algebraic equations and everything. But I promise you, if you've got a group of friends that want to do a survivor pool or a fantasy pool or an NCAA tournament pool mm, at some point I in like March, the NCAA tournament pool because is- I really don't give a shit about like the Texas A&M UNLV 710 <laughs> game. But if I could like put right. some more money on some three or four seeds... I think yes. that's okay. Is this actually executed in any gambling circles with any validity or is this more of like a friend? So thing? It, it's, it's, I think it's ideal for friends. Um, and then, you know, how you'll hear about some survivor pool that has 5,400 yeah. people in it. There are some paramutual pools out there like that. They're just not as mainstream. And I don't understand why they're, they're a little complicated mathematically. You'd have to really keep yeah, an eye but on at your the Venmo same point, account. Like now that, 
everything can be done digitally and all those percentages can be calculated for you in real time. Right. I think once you start introducing bar graphs and pie charts, I think it makes it a lot easier. Yeah. Now, when you're like, you need to come up with yeah. a percentage yourself, I'm out. But yeah, we're okay. I like it. So if we were doing that, you're bringing this up for a reason. Well, because it's ideal for a tournament with a certain number of teams and one champion that comes so out on you top. Were gonna, if you because were given now, an amount of money for the bracket, how would you split up your money? Well, this the reason why this really struck a chord with me this week is because on Monday, if you listen to the podcast this week, Lefko and Westbrook, you guys went through the teams. You picked a long right. shot, a middle shot, and a favorite. And so I think I would do something similar to that. I would probably throw like five bucks down on the Chiefs just because they seem like a really good bet. I would throw maybe like two bucks down on the Bills, two bucks down on the Ravens, and a dollar down on, I don't know, someone someone further down Mm. like the Colts. Man. Okay, I do like that. I do like this idea. Um, I feel like there's a way to do it. I feel like there's only two of us, though. So it might not be great to... (laughs) I'm bringing it up to to sort of wet people's whistles. It's I think it's absolutely perfect for the March Madness mm. tournament, and maybe next year when we do the LFGL, we I could do a, we could do a paramutual. That's group pretty for interesting. This. And what's fun about it too is you can put a cap on the amount of money people can put in, so it's ten dollars per person, or you can say anyone can put in as much as they want, and they're just increasing the pool okay. of money. I like this. I like any way new way to gamble, and I feel like we're going to be. I yeah, feel like I we're going like to have this. some more uh, coming up on the podcast, different types of ways to gamble as well. Um, as we're looking through, I'm looking through your sheets right now of all of the, the, the prep that you've done and I'm, I really want to honor it. So Ingber, I'll say, as you were putting together all these statistics about the playoffs, what was the one that you were like, whoa, this is a nugget. What was the one that caught your attention the most? Uh, yeah, I, I was going through home dogs in the playoffs since 2000. Now, there's been 26 home dogs in the playoffs. Obviously, that's pretty rare because if you're getting a home game, theoretically, you're the better team. You've got the better record. You've got the better perception. But of course, weird things can happen with backup quarterbacks or as we're seeing this year with the NFC East, one of the worst teams that makes it into the playoffs is getting a home team, a home game. However, since 2000, home dogs in the playoffs are 11 and 15 straight up, not just covering the spread, straight Mm -hmm. up. So they're just a couple of little field goals here and there from being 500, which is unbelievable for 26 dogs to be close to 500. Now, obviously, some dogs are no, one point dogs. Some I'm dogs just, are seven or eight I'm, point dogs. I'm trying to listen. And the thing I keep thinking about is, is there even a home field advantage this year? And that's where I'm not sure about just because there's no, fa- you know what I mean? Like, I'm, I'm not sure. But anyway, keep going. And what's interesting, too, is that there were three times since 2000 where there was a big home dog, big, big home dog. And I know you're familiar with at least two of them. This was the Beast Quake game, right? When the seven and nine Seahawks played the Saints and then Marshawn Lynch took it from there. It was the famous Tebow overtime game where he threw an 80-yard touchdown pass to end it, right? And then there was an amazing game in 2000 when the Kurt Warner Rams were favored by seven points over the Saints. Do you remember who the quarterback was for the Saints? Yes, I do. name for you. Uh, Aaron uh, Brooks. There was a huge huge fumbled punt in the game. And I... Yeah, it's a famous game. I don't know if it was Azahir Akeem. I feel like he... I don't remember, but that was a crazy game. Yeah, that was like the real birth of the Rams. That was the second year, yeah. 
So there are three examples of a massive home dog, seven, eight and a half, and 10 points, and all three home teams won outright in the playoffs. So which are is just you a saying, really strange statistical oddity. You really like Washington. <laughs> what I'm saying is you can get some pretty good value, and that is my crazy, I'm going for it, long shot bet of the week. Washington money line at plus 330. I like Chase Young backing up his words making Tom Brady have happy feet, getting two strip sacks and another sack to put it over the top. I like Washington to win this game. No one is putting money on them, and I like it. Uh, I bet Tiki Barber last night 20 bucks, and I gave him the eight and a half for Washington. I took Tampa. I will mm. give you the same offer. I will give you the eight and a half points, uh, $20 if you're interested. Uh, I take Tampa Bay minus eight and a half. You take Washington plus eight and a half. I'm offering it to you live on the podcast right now. One Andrew Jackson. Is he on the 20? <laughs> yeah, it's Andrew Jackson. Uh, yeah, if I like Washington to win the game outright and I get more than a touchdown, I'm absolutely yeah. taking that. Yes, $20. I, I thought about it last night and I looked up some stats and I saw that Tampa Bay is second in the NFL in terms of sack per pass attempt. Brady only gets sacked on pass attempts 3.5% of the time. This is a team that... Could they be looking forward to the Super Bowl? Yes, it's Super Bowl or bust for the Bucs. But the way that I see it is Washington's offense is Antonio Gibson, prayer shots to Terry McLaurin, and currently Logan Thomas. The only thing that scares me that Tampa Bay Devin White is still in COVID-19 protocol, but the way that you beat Tampa is throwing on the outside. We saw the Rams and the Chiefs do this. I don't know if Alex Smith is going to be able to score any points, and I think that Tom Brady is going to just get the ball out quick, but I'm excited that we have a bet on this. You have inspired me. I have my underdog parlay. I was listening to Lewis Riddick talk last night and he was talking about the Colts bills game. And he was saying that this is the second, uh, I would say it's the second highest total of the weekend. Ravens Titans is the first one at mm -hmm. 54 and a half uh, Colts bills right now is at 51. Every other game is under 50. If you think, and I am not sure where I slide on this, if you think that the Colts are going to win this game, it is going to be a low-scoring game. Lewis Riddick was saying as he was mm -hmm. watching all the film, he goes, the Bills are a high-flying show. If you think the Colts are going to have a chance with Jonathan Allen or Jonathan Taylor and they're going to mush it and all that stuff, you take the under here. And so what I'm, this is my parlay advice. If you like the Bills, pop the parlay with the over. If you like the Colts, pop the parlay with the under. I am not telling you which side to take. I am undecided, candidly, but that would be my parlay advice. I. The real question is going to be, will it be like the NBA playoffs, where in the playoffs everything gets tighter, and it's a lot about defense and about making moments and not just running away with things. However, that one o'clock first playoff game always seems like a blowout. Always. It always just seems like when Andy Reid would beat the Texans by 30 and J.J. Watt would be wearing varsity jackets. So um, that that and, and as I'm saying that to you, which side would you lean towards? Colts in a low scoring game or Bills in a shootout? Uh, I like I like what you're saying. I cannot see the Colts winning this thing 34-31. Right. That just feels like it's not their game plan here. Um, and so, yeah, I, if I had to choose between those two, I would take Bills and the over. Do you want to do... No, I don't want to do another bet. 
I just sometimes I also go, I go, is this how Philip Rivers is going to ride off into the sunset in a wild card game, wild card game in Buffalo? Like, kind of is his career. I know. I, I was going to say that actually seems reasonably fitting. Man, yeah, I, I, oof. six and a half is a lot. But anyway, that's kind of where I'm going right now. Just kind of going around the rest of the league and looking at it, this John Walford situation with Jared Goff. Jared Goff was practicing yesterday. Uh, Sean McVay did come out and say that he looked really good. I thought you had a statistic about first-year starting quarterbacks in the playoffs, and if it is John Walford, I think it's a relative interesting stat from our guy Warren Sharp. Yeah, this is from Warren, uh, who you know we love and we miss and uh, hope hope you do as well in the playoffs as yeah. we hope to do. And give me a pick, uh, Warren. I need to make money. First time quarterbacks in the playoffs. This goes all the way back to 2002. Are 15 and 31 straight up, and they are 13 and 32 against the spread. So that applies to two quarterbacks this weekend: Wolford and mm. Baker. Yeah, you wrote Tom Brady in there as a joke. It was really good. Oh, thanks. Yeah, I was gonna. Um, <laughs> And then the other stat that I thought that you had that I really liked was the record versus other playoff teams, just to, to, to give mm-hmm. realistic expectations, but then also to kind of tamper some. Who was better against playoff teams than you thought, and who was worse? I think we forgot how good the Steelers were during that 11-0 run when they were just piling up wins against everyone. Uh, they ended up 5-3 and three against teams that eventually made the playoffs for the year, but that includes the loss in week 17 Fact. to the Browns when they weren't playing Big Ben. So they're actually reasonably close to or reasonably reliable on a 6-2 and two against mm. playoff teams this year, which is a very, very impressive Absolutely. record. Uh, I, uh, the Rams obviously don't look remotely close to what we saw earlier in the season, especially if Jared Goff is going to be out, but they were 4-2 and two against playoff teams. Very, very impressive. On the other side of things that uh, when you just go through the schedule, it jumps out at you. The Buccaneers, they beat the Packers. They actually pasted the Packers, but they don't have a single other win against a team that eventually oh, made crap. the playoffs this year. They got crushed <laughs> by the Saints. Uh, I said, sorry, oh, go ahead. crap. You're going to win. I'm going to lose $40 <laughs> to you and Tiki Barber. They were one in five against uh, against the eventual playoff teams. Similarly, Washington was one in four against playoff teams. Bears were one in six against playoff teams. So they're the bottom feeders down there. But I feel like that's what the eye test would say, that heading into the playoffs, I think everyone agrees that Washington and the Bears are definitely the weaker of the teams in the bunch here. But the Bucks right down there at one in five. They definitely padded their record beating teams that uh, didn't make the playoffs. Um I'm just sitting over here thinking about Colts plus six and a half on the under. I think I might put in that parlay this weekend. I don't know if the Colts are going to win, but I know that the Bills are like 26th in the NFL in yards per rush. And if they're able, and this is Frank Wright going back to Buffalo where he led the greatest comeback of all time, if they're able to make every possession really important, I am getting the feeling and it this will be clipped and I'll look like an idiot. So please don't clip it yourself. Ingber make somebody do the work. I, I get a feeling that we're going to get that weird Josh Allen lateral. Like we did in the wild card game last year where he's going to come into mm. the game going, don't do anything crazy. And I think he's going to, whenever you're like, don't do anything crazy. I think you do something crazy. That's, I don't know why I, I, I still think the bills could win, but I don't know if it's six and a half. 
damn, I can't stop thinking about it. It, it definitely could be. I, either way, you could end up feeling like an idiot within five minutes if Josh Allen just marches down the field and the offense is clicking and the Colts look like they're on their heels. You're like, oh my God, the Bills have been stomping everyone for six weeks. What did I think was going to happen? Or you could see a young quarterback who has been having smoke blown up his butt for the last six weeks. All of a sudden, he ends up in the playoffs against a veteran team and you go, oh my God, that's right young quarterbacks can make really dumb mistakes in the playoffs when the stakes are at their highest. I feel really dumb for backing him. I could see either scenario. Absolutely. Back to our out. bet. What did you think about Bruce Arians saying, we're not playing a seven and nine team. We're playing a four and one team. We're not playing Dwayne Haskins. We're playing Alex Smith. It is very rare when another quarterback in the league is mentioned by name or, and usually it's, we're playing a different quarterback. One, this is Bruce Arians who the Kangol wearing bartender, he's going to do what he wants. But also, man, the NFL hates Dwayne Haskins. Like, everybody's kicking this dude while he's down. I just, I was not, there's a lot of chippiness, whether it's the the Chase Young comments, this comment, a lot of action between these two teams. Yeah, Bruce Arians, I think he is the king of trash talk or king of, I don't know, bulletin board material or whatever you want to call it this week, because he had that comment about Alex Smith, noting, by the way, that Washington, when Alex Smith was playing, not only do they have a winning record, they also have a plus three turnover differential, which I think could spell everything. If Washington's going to win this game, they're going to have to win the turnover battle. He also had a little comment for Chase Young about uh, Chase Young said, I want Tom Brady. And I think Bruce Arian said, well, this is the sort of league where uh, you might be careful what you wish for or something like that. Like Tom Brady. I'm telling you right now. This is my other left prediction. It's a Saturday night game. I forget what broadcast it is, but they're going to put together a highlight package of Chase Young running up and then a screen going to the left of him and then running up and like, ha- mm. like they're going to make this dude run sideline to sideline. But the thing is, is the reason the Washington football team is so interesting is Montez Sweat's just as good as an athlete. Jonathan Allen's a really good athlete. They got other guys out there. It should be interesting. The line that has yeah. me confused before we bring in Antoine Bethea soon is I know the Ravens have won five in a row and their offense looks great, mm-hmm. but to be favored by three and a half in Tennessee, like we talk about home dogs and like, I know like we were kind of talking about Washington, but Tennessee being a three and a half point dog at home is pretty surprising on its face. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that just strikes me. And first of all, by the way, they ended the year 5-0 straight up and right. against the spread, which is uh, which is rare. So it shows that the Ravens were outperforming expectation as much as they were just outright, outright winning the games. Um, 538 said the Ravens have about a 57% chance to win this game. Uh, so that would put them You're at about a big 538 guy. You love 538. I like the way they break things down, and I like how, how do they arrive uh, at those dispassionate they are. They have this ELO rating, E-L-O. I can't remember what that stands for. Um, but basically, if you beat a team by a lot, your ELO rating goes up. If you're, you, you lose by a lot, it goes down by a lot. has you... been high. Yes. Exactly. And so what they do is they have these ELO spreads. Um, so, for example, they think, uh, you know, the Bucks were were favored by like eight and a half. Their ELO spit out. It should actually be a 12-point spread. So they're so going to take the So you're going against 538 so like on, on, the, on our Bucks bet. Because I wasn't making a spread bet, I was making a long shot uh, money line bet, and upsets do happen, right? Uh, they even with the twelve point spread, they still said there was between a twenty nine and a thirty two percent chance that Washington wins this game. So there's about a one in three chance, a little bit less, that they could win this game outright. And so for tripling and more your money, I think that it's makes worth sense. it. That makes value. sense. It's um, 
that that game is so interesting as i was breaking it down and 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 i said the line if you could have seen lewis riddick's eyes they got really wide and he goes he goes mm. that's a closer game than three and a half he and and it's interesting because it's like here is this titans team that has embarrassed the ravens twice and it feels like normal world everyone's going to take the winner of the last two games but it seems like everybody's all over the ravens like it it i feel like the money's on the ravens i feel like the perceptions on the ravens and the titans are sitting there going did you not see what derrick henry did last time did you not see what aj brown did last time it's um i've been i've been a titans denier all year and now i feel like i'm sitting here going guys i know the ravens are good but like the titans are are phenomenal so they are, um, and they had a really impressive year. I just think a lot of people are saying Lamar Jackson, MVP, wins the regular season every single year. How can he fall to 0-3 in the playoffs? It just doesn't feel statistically possible, but it's the playoffs. Crazy stuff happens every single year, so you should expect uh, it. You know what? There's one guy that knows uh, the Titans really well. He knows every team really well because he had an absolutely yeah. incredible year, career, 14 seasons. Uh, in 2017, he was in the Black College Football Hall of Fame Pro Player of the Year, had a sensational run with the Colts, helped transform the 49ers into what they are. Everywhere he's gone since, Cardinals and Giants, he was an absolute beast. A former guest in the Super Bowl run, Antoine Buffet, and recent entrant into normal people of the world. The man, the myth, the legend, just Hang up the hung up the cleats on top of the telephone wire after an amazing career where every fan base he's played for, the fan base loves. I have Colts fans texting me saying he was amazing. I got Niners fans and and Cardinals fans and Giants fans loving him. He is the host of a podcast now. He is a constant member on Clubhouse. You've been transitioning nicely into this. Hey. But I, I just want I just want to ask, when did you make the decision? And how did it feel to say it? Man, it was um so going into this year, man, it was um so in my mind coming into this year, it was like this is gonna be my last year, if I played or if I didn't. So obviously with the COVID, you know, you know, it was a, a strange off season or whatever the case may be. But I I, I kept an open mind, say, you know, I'm still gonna try to rock out this fifteenth year. And I'm gonna work out with Baltimore, nothing came of that. And then after that, it was kind of one of them things that it just kind of set in. Like, you know, I had a great run, you know, had a great run. Mm. And then eventually, you know, the past couple of weeks, it was just, you know, I'm here with the fam, here with the kids, man. It was like it was that time. And I just kind of wanted to uh, make that announcement, man, to put it behind me. Um, and it, it's, it's, you know, it, it feels good. Um, but again, you know, it's still that feeling. You know, I've been doing this for so long. Um, yeah. So, you know, but I'm, but I'm at peace with him. I'm at peace with his decision. And um, I'm excited to see what's next. Uh, the podcast, by the way, is the man-to-man with uh, DB and AB, Antoine Bethea, the AB, DB, Darius Butler, who I also love too. So you got two smart guys on that podcast, which I like. I'm sure for you, have you had the moment yet where you've sat there and it's sunk in and like memories just started coming back? Did that happen yet? Man, it's... Um I think even even while I was playing, you know, it's 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 memories, man. So you know, even when I was in San Fran and talking to my some of my old teammates in Indy and and you know moving on to AZ, man. So I think 
I think as the year goes on, I think I'll it'll, it'll start to set in, and I'll start yeah. thinking about it and reminiscing over the years. Um, but now, man, it's it's still fresh, man. You know, I re- I'm retired, man. I'm a sounds like I'm old, I'm an old man, but hey, how how old are you right now? I'm 36. The NFL is fucking crazy. Crazy. That you feel as though you've lived and you have, and people are going to talk to you like you're geriatric. Exactly. Yeah. (laughs) Man, these kids today. And it's like, you're a fucking kid. You're 36 years old. I'm still young. I'm still young out here. Um, But you know, that that, that's, that's the part of the game. That's crazy where, you know, you playing a, a professional sport and when you retire, shit, some, some guys, 20 years old, 20, 29 years old. You know what I mean? So some guys are 24 years old being told you can't play anymore. For sure. For sure. But it's, it's a good thing being able to um, be able to live out, live out your dream and still be young enough to have a full life ahead of you. Um, And that's what I'm mostly excited for at this point, man. I'm sure that your work ethic isn't going to change. And I'm sure that your ability to grind isn't going to change. Have you thought about what 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 excites you the most about putting that energy into now? Um, like you just said, man, being able to I I know I'm not gonna be able to find that high. I don't think um that's that's gonna be tough. Like, to, to find that high. When you say the high, what are you speaking just of? Just the um the preparation for six days, countless hours from you know, studying film from working out to practicing, um, to all do it for three hours. You know what I'm saying? Mm. So that high, man, I, I don't think I'll ever be able to find that high, but I definitely, like you said, as far as putting that work ethic, um, put my, my focus into something to get some kind of gratification at the end, you know, cause everything that we do at the end of the day, is going to be a, we're looking at end reward, like, okay, what's at the end for us? You know what I'm saying? So of course, for me, of course. I'm excited to find out what, what's that going to be for me in, um, in this next career that I have. This isn't a typical interview because I'm just going to say right now that I think that you, more people need to do what you just said about preparing for a football game for what they do. Yeah. I, I I do it a lot with this podcast where I feel like I kind of use this, where I just kind of come on and talk and all that stuff. But when I see, let's, we're talking about content right. where people worked six days for something and then they executed it. That's typically the content that does the best. Exactly. And so what I would say to you is a lot of people feel like they need to be on all the time, but like, you know, when you're preparing for a game, if you played a game on Tuesday and Thursday and Saturday, you're not going to be as prepared if you did it just so. So that would be my one thing too, is I don't know if you need to change that where it's the the grind to something greater will lead to better premium stuff than just doing shit all the time. That's just my own two cents. Nah, but that's real though. That's real. Um, and I think you say like you gotta with that you gotta live in the moment. You know what I'm saying? So and and, and that's some of the like some of the realish advice that I've gotten from like some of my older older guys. Like live in the moment. And like you said, like you can't it can't be Tuesday and you're trying to think about what's going to happen on Sunday. So like you're going to the the product of Wednesday, Thursday and Friday and Saturday, man, you're going to miss that shit. So live in the moment, man. Enjoy the moment. And then when that time comes, man, knock that shit out the ballpark. 
I asked one of my big Colts fan friends, Colin McCullough, who runs a lot of the content at Bleacher Report, yeah. what was his favorite moment of yours as a Colt? Mm-hmm. And the one that he sent me was a hit on Thanksgiving against the Atlanta Falcons. Yeah, yeah. And so I where where is that in your moments and, and what are the your favorite moments from your career? Man, I mean that's that's up there. Um so we just had a we had a, we had fun that game, man. We had fun, and then we ended up staying in Atlanta um, that night, and we had a we had a blast. You know what I'm saying? So that whole that whole situation awesome. right there is, is is up there. But um, I have a, a lot of moments, man. As far as the indie career, obviously the Super Bowl. Um, get well, my rookie year, man. Get my first pick was on Tom Brady, um, oh. and then going into the playoffs, man. Um, I had two picks um, during that playoffs, one against Steve McNair, rest in peace to a legend. Um, then winning the Super Bowl my my um, my rookie year, um, making the Pro Bowl my my second year. So I can like, and then, you know, the comeback that we had, you know, against the Patriots, that AFC championship game. And then Unreal. fast forward to I think it was 20, 2013, um, Andrew Luck, Andrew Luck uh, rookie year. That come back Jeez. against um Kansas City. You know what I mean? So it's 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 a lot of memories, man, that I've that I've that I have during that time. But I do remember that uh that hit against Atlanta though. The uh man, Steve McNair. Man, Steve McNair, I'm gonna admit something. Steve McNair would throw up the cue all the time. Mm-hmm. And I I didn't know what it was when I was a kid. Yeah. And so I was walking around suburban Philadelphia throwing up the queue. And I, I told I told my fiance and she was like, Adam, you cannot do yeah. that. Like people go through a lot to be able to throw yeah, up the queue. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's fine. And but th- but that's how Steve McNair for me was like old and young at the same time. Like he always felt super wise, even though he was still like this thriving young athlete. But the, I, I'm focusing on him because I'm thinking about um, the fact that you did come from an HBCU right. and we're at Howard and we are seeing this HBCU boom right now almost. Yeah. And um, I was wondering, are you, what, what what is it like to see it going from like, it was a rarity to now it's becoming a, a, a really positive movement in this country where people are not going, oh, that's a backup or something like that. This is where I want to prioritize. Man, it's, it's coming full circle, man, because you got to think about like before, even before, like before my time, way before my time, you got to think about Walter Payton. You got to think about Mel Blunt. You got to think about how big Grambling was with um, with Eddie Robinson at the helm. You, gotta, you know, Jerry Rice, uh, Michael Strahan. Shannon Sharp. Shannon Sharp. So the... <clears throat> You know the 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 HBCU lineage, man. It goes way back when you know guys couldn't go to these PWIs, predominantly white institutions. You know what I'm saying? So obviously, once guys started going to the, the these Power Fives and these big schools, um, HBCUs was an afterthought. You know what I mean? So obviously, the climate that we're in right now, um, it's kind of the HBCUs are coming back to the forefront, and not just football, but basketball. Um, a lot of moves in uh, women's volleyball. So the um, the notoriety man that is getting, you know, shout out to Chris Paul, what he's been, what he did, you know, in the in the yep. bubble. So I'm loving it, man. I'm loving. We got it. Deion Sanders coaching a team right now, and that's huge. That's huge. Just with him, what he's able to do, his notoriety. Um, Jackson State, 
obviously having a um, a rich history in football and then the guys that he's being able to to bring on, um, that's going to shake the game up. And then I just think it's going to open the eyes to, to, to athletes, but not only the athletes. But- we were, I, I want to finish that thought, Antoine. We kind of got messed up with some internet stuff about H- HBCUs, where they came from, where they're yeah. going. Uh, and um, I guess if, if I was going to have you talk on it now, it would be the pride you have uh, just as, as it couldn't have been easy to go through it back then and the pride that you have now where I imagine there's going to be more scouts at the game. There's going to be more games on TV. Uh, the fact that you had to kind of do some of the dirtier work earlier to now where it's going to be. Yeah, man. It, like you said, it, it wasn't easy. Just with the um, the road I had to go through where scouts coming into the building telling me um, the playing competition that y'all play out here isn't up to par. You know, just to <clears throat> get too slow. Um, just You ran a 4-3-9. I mean, that's what the scouts were saying. You know what I mean? <laughs> So, and then just, just, just everything, just the whole process, you know what I mean? Just even going at how I locked our weight room was in the basement of one of our dorms. You know what I'm saying? So for me, just knowing what the mm. guys um, go through to get to that, get to that point. And, um, and even, you know, getting to, to OTAs and you looking at some of the guys that's, you know, from the bigger schools. And I'm like, yo, I know two or three cats that's back at Howard that's better than these cats, but the reason why they're getting that nod is because they got the Ohio State, they got the Florida State and stuff like right. that back of them, man. But um, I'm happy that I was able to go through that, be able to go, you know, get into the league, have a a, a great career. So now, you know, guys, that's that's coming, that's coming behind me from HBCUs, man. They, you know, it's 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 the world tour. 2006 NFL draft, Antoine Bethay retiring after 14 seasons. Who was there anyone that you're surprised you outlasted uh, from your draft or that? I mean, I'm sure you're not surprised, but that that you're kind of like, man, I'm glad I went the long run and I I, I lasted this long compared to some man, other people. Um, my draft class, man, we had some dogs in there, man. You know, um, you know, so you know, it, the, the the career is your career. You know what I mean? It's a lot of things that happen. Um, with for everybody that forgets, this is the Mario Williams, Reggie Bush draft. Yeah, my God. Jay Cutler, Devin Hester. Oh my God, Vernon, he just texted me. He was in that draft class. Dante mm. Whitner. Um, so it was a lot of guys. Jason Allen. Um, it was a lot of guys. And do you get more texts from people that are retired, like that are just hitting you up? And what do they say to you? Um, <clears throat> so like Vernon, man, Vernon just hit me. Was like, man, um, hell of a career. Hall of Fame worthy in my in my eyes, you know. And then, you know, obviously my guys that. that I played with the Colts with that retired, just wishing me well. Um, and then, you know, I just got a lot of people that, you know, show me love from the Howard University community, um, people that I grew up with, mm-hmm. man. So it's, it's it's been a lot of love today. Uh, when you – if you were to go to the Hall of Fame, would you go in as a Colt? Yeah. I was going to say, I see the jerseys in the back. I see the Reggie Waynes. I see that in Vinatieri's and uh, the Lux and all that. It's that has to have. Did you get any messages from Jim Irsay? So, um, Jim, he um he tweeted something out on um on Twitter today. So, shout out to Jim Irsay and the Irsay family, man. The Jim Irsay yeah. tweet, man. Um. The the last few years for you to experience a few years in in San Francisco, a few years in Arizona, and then the Giants. 
What did those last few years teach you about the first chunk at Indy? Because I'm sure for the first part of your career, you thought one thing and then it Man, changed. I tell the young cats that all the time. Like, you know, um, every year is a separate year. You know, my eight years, <clears throat> my eight years in Indy, seven of those years we went to the playoffs. After I left Indy, mm. I've never seen the playoffs again. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And I, and I want to wow. say out of, out of those final six years, I think I had I had no winning seasons, two two eight and eight seasons. And the rest was losing, man, losing seasons. So it was definitely two ends of the spectrum. But I appreciated it. You know what I mean? That just goes to show how how hard it is to win the NFL. Um, now that you have a podcast, man to man podcast, it means that you're also watching the game still, and you're still yep. paying attention. So I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you. Are there any teams other than the Chiefs and the Packers that you have your eyes on that people are sleeping on right now? Just because they're the two one seeds in each yeah, conference. Right now, I would say I'll give you – I'll say Baltimore in the AFC. I just think they're playing well right now. You know what I'm saying? Down Five in a row. Lamar Jackson's dicing well, as, people as up. We always say, you know, it's about that momentum going into the playoffs. You know what I mean? So I would say Baltimore – um, and then in the NFC, you can't go against Brady, man. So I would be on the, uh, I would be on the lookout, mm. you know what I mean? On, with, with Tampa. I just read this Adam Schefter tweet that said, this is the first time that Tom Brady is in the playoffs as a wild card in his Brady. career. That was your first, first pick. pick. So it's funny on the pod, right? So we were talking, um, talking about Chase Young and Chase Young was like, yo, I'm, I'm coming. Yeah. I, mean, I love it. I love it, but then on the flip side, I don't know, young buck. Like you, 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 uh, you don't want to wake that giant, man. But I, I'm, I'm, I'm anxious to see that game. Okay, I'm fascinated by this because you said before six days of focus for a three-hour game, and yet there's st- because we're mortals and we're humans, a sentence of words can cause somebody like Brady to take those six days and make it feel like 10 days because it like, have you seen the switch in Brady specifically before? Yeah, Cause you gotta, you know, when we were playing them, the Indianapolis Colts, New England Patriots, man, it was some, it was some battles. You know what I mean? So it, it was funny because, you know, you watching them on TV is one thing, but then when you get in the game, it's like, yo, Tom Brady, he really talks shit out here. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's mm. like he's really out here talking shit. So it's like, I, I love it. You know what I mean? So when I hit him. Did he ever catch you with one? You know what? It was not really. Or was it more like the Robert Mathis, Dwight Freeney? It was really, Tom was really, when we played, it was one of those things like when the team scored, he's running down to congratulate and while he's running down, you know, he's saying what he's saying, like not really directly directed to anybody, but you know, one of those things. He's running by you and yelling, they can't stop us. Like right in your ear hole. Like, I, I hear you. <laughs> so was there ever a time where somebody like Tom Brady leaves the pocket and you're like, I know this is going to be 15 yards, but it would feel really um, good. I, you, you know, you, so I was always. Cause you don't want right, to hurt so anybody. That's what I was about to say. Like I was always the guy. Like I love to hit. You know what I'm saying. So if I got a chance to 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 get one on you for sure, I'm gonna take that. But I was never. I never wanted to be classified as a dirty guy. You know what I'm saying. So yeah. obviously, when we first yeah. came in the league, that's when you know guys was able to 
to to to do some damage. You know what I'm saying? Jacked up was still oh, a man, segment. Probably the best best segment um, in football. But, um, but it was. Was, they want Mo- yeah, you got Moss yeah, to be it. It's yeah, just you know not the same. But you know, um, I I never I never was like that type of guy, or even kind of thought that way. You know what I mean? Mm. So you like the Ravens as a possible underdog. You like the Bucks as a possible it's underdog. Crazy. Your it's crazy former- even saying the Bucks as an underdog with with Brady and and uh, and uh, you know, with the way people talked about him before the season, it is a little mm-hmm. bit crazy. Do your Colts have a chance in Buffalo they this do. weekend with the way Josh Allen? They do playing. have okay. a chance. It's going to be tough. It's going to be tough because Josh Allen and, and the Bills they they're rolling right now. They're hot as well, but. I feel as though if um, if the Colts keep the formula that they've been using these past couple of weeks with with giving the ball to, to the young boy uh, JT um, and let him run and mm. the defense do what they do, uh, I think they have a good chance. I I read a story this morning that the Bills have one of their backup quarterbacks, Jake Fromm, staying far away from the team in an isolated location just in case. COVID gets to the quarterbacks and that's the world we're in where we're like isolating players. And like, I know personally, if somebody if my boss was like, Hey, we need you to live by yourself in a hotel room for a few weeks. I'd be like, I need a raise. Like, is there, is there a part of you that even though the teams didn't come calling this year that you're like, man, I'm kind of happy. I didn't have to deal with all this shit. And during a international pandemic with a, with an election that caused just emotions to go crazy. I got to spend time with my family. Was there a part of you that was actually nah, relieved? For sure, for sure. It was, it was a tug of war. It was like, you know, and I've been doing this for 14 years. I want to get back out there. And like, you know, the body, the body kind of knows, like, look, I'm supposed to be doing something right now that I've been doing for years that I'm not doing. Um, mm. But then again, like I said, man, just <clears throat> like being here with the family, being here with my wife, man, it was just something. And then I just, it, the timing of everything. And like you said, with the COVID, it was kind of one of those things because obviously, you know, at the beginning of the season, I'm like, there's no way COVID's not going to get into those locker rooms. Like, I hope it's not too crazy, but there's no way that, it's, right. it's not going to happen, and with you know, with the with the NFL not going into a bubble situation, um, so um, but but even saying that, I think they did a they did a hell of a job. You know what I'm saying? It, it could have been a, a lot worse. So, um, he definitely got to give my man a pay raise, man. Um, <laughs> you know what I'm that's, saying? That's, that's crazy. Like you, you gotta, that's being put in voluntary jail, kind of real talk. I would imagine there's a lot of NFL players that when they eventually say it's retirement time, they come home to their home and they look around and some of them go, I don't want to be here. Like, I bet you that's a real life shit where you're away from your family a lot and you got all this time. How blessed do you feel to be around your family and go, oh, I want this all the time? Man, look, it's funny you say that because I was having this conversation um, not too not too long ago because it's like a it's a fine line. It's like. <clears throat> we always say, like, you know, playing a professional sport, you want to schedule, right? You want to schedule, you're gone. Even when you're home, it's probably like, you know, I'm home, I'm watching film, I'm eating dinner, and then I'm going to bed, I'm getting up, or whatever the case may be. So you're on a routine. And then a lot of times when you do come home, the wife is like, look, stay out of our way because we have our own routine, and I don't need you coming in and right. switching our routine. Uh, but then, like you said, there's some guys is like, 
damn, I really got to, I really have to like my wife because now, you know, I'm yeah. home that much more. So it's, it's, it's crazy. One good thing, a good thing here, man, me and my wife are friends. We like each other. You know what I'm saying? And then, um, for me, man, you know, I have a seven year old daughter, a four year old son and a one year old son. So my, my four and seven year old man, they're, it's it's go time for them at all times. You know what I'm saying? So they won't they won't let me be idle, man. I, I'm I'm on the move all the time. So I'm enjoy it. Definitely, it's gonna be different. You know what I'm saying? It's definitely gonna be different. It's an adjustment for everybody involved. See, of course, man, of course. I, I love it. I I'm I'm happy for you because uh, all the videos that I've seen of your family, I just feel like you guys are always having yeah. a great time, and it's. This is like not even about sports. There have been so many times where like me and my fiance have gone out with other couples for dinner and we leave and I'm like, I don't even think they like each yeah. other. And I get, I get worried for athletes that they don't, I don't think they realize how structured their time is and how, when you wake up that one day and you don't have anything you have to do that day the world that they're waking up to. So I'm, I, I just want to talk about that because you're one of the guys that I don't have that concern about. Like I'm excited for you to be, you know, dad of the year, hey, 2021. Hey, look, I'm excited for that too. But damn, I, I caught myself probably two days ago. I woke up. Yeah, I woke up and I was like, yo, like I want to do something, but it's nothing for me to do. And it's crazy because <laughs> it was probably like three hours. I was just walking around the house. Like, Damn, I'm sitting down on the couch. I'm getting back up. I'm walking around. I'm like, yo, like this shit is real. Like, you know what I'm saying? And it's funny because my wife, she's seen it. And she was like, yo, you good? I'm like, yeah, I'm good. Yo, I'm just in a little funk right now, but I'm, I'm going to go work out. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to go work out. And once I worked yep. out, you know what I mean? I was good, but it's, it's real, man. It's real. Is that why I see like those big linemen lose like hundreds of pounds? Well, yeah, for sure. Because, you know, now it's like they have something that on their mind that they can kind of go do. So, you know, it's all these years of me, you know what I mean, putting on this weight, you know what I mean, drinking these protein shakes, right. just eating so I can keep this weight up. So now I'm done. Shit, I can, I can turn out into a workout guru. You know what I mean? What is what is one thing that you experienced from the structure of being in the NFL for 14 years that when you see other people living their lives that they could just put into their lives that could improve the daily structure of their life? So it's man, you you ask me some questions, I'd be hitting on all the time. I just think the the importance and res, the res, respect aspect of time. You know what I'm saying? So you know, like I said, like being on that schedule, a lot of me, a lot of teams is like, if you on, if you on time, you late, right? So if a meeting's at eight, eight o'clock, and you walking in there at seven fifty nine, people looking at you sideways, even though you're on time. But hey, man, you cutting it close. Mm. So for 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 the longest, it's like getting the meeting and being your seat five minutes before the meeting time, right? So now it's like you into the the real world. Yo, um, I'm gonna meet you at 11. People show up at 11:15, right? Um, so a worker's coming to the house. And how mad does oh, that man, make that shit you? Irks me, man. That shit irks me. Like, <laughs> hey, even my wife, hey, babe, yo, we gonna leave in 10 minutes, right? Well, I can tell. Oh, I can tell her a day before. Like, look, you know what I mean? So and so, so at 11 o'clock. So whatever we gotta do 
for us to leave the crib at a time we can get there at 11 o'clock. Let, let's let's make it happen. You know what I'm saying? And obviously, you know, <laughs> that shit don't happen. But even with people coming to the house doing work, hey, how you doing? Um, we'll set, you know, the time is from 10 to 12. All right, cool. I'm going to set my schedule around 10 to 12. I'm sorry, I, mm. I'm not going to be there till 11. Like, yo, like I just set my time <laughs> for you saying 10 to 12. So I would think, you know what I mean, everyday life, the, the, just the time aspect, man, that shit is that shit is so real to me, man. And it irks me when people just don't don't understand it. You know what I'm saying? You know what? I am 100% the guy that's like be there at 11, 15. And what's so funny is, is when I would do the podcast with Sims or when I do the show now with like, Candace and and D Wade like they're always early yeah. and D Wade I think gets it from his heat days uh, because with Pat Riley that's how strict it was Sims when he was with Gruden and I I think that people take it as like a oh you guys are machines but really it's a sign of respect of I'm respecting your time and my time and we're not going to waste that and it it sounds like something you hear in a movie but when you realize that life is just time and 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 that's all we have that is our precious resource it does hit you, you can't in the get chest. that back you can't get time back so um <clears throat> i know a lot of times like people look at me like bro like just chill i'm like when's the last time you were late mm. you know I, and i'm not gonna sit here and say that i, I haven't been late but i'm definitely gonna give but you have to think about it. I was late to my own podcast today. I, we were supposed to start at eleven. I got on eleven oh four. You know, I'm, shit. Don't get me, don't get it twisted. Like I, I've been late, but it's it's going to be like a a serious situation. Or if I am going to be late, I'm gonna call you within like three to four hours and let you know. Like, look, this is this is this is coming up. I'm. It's going to be potential that I'm late. So, I love this. I'm this guy. I'm this guy. Hey, let's meet at 11. At 1057, yeah. I'm texting you. <laughs> like, yo. Like, Y'all will be there right, in 20 right. minutes. Or I like to do, I like to do, I give you the step that I'm at that I'm not actually oh, yeah. at. So I'm in the car. I'll see you soon. But that means that yeah, I'm getting yeah. dressed. Yeah. I, and, and I know that. You know, I got a bunch of things like that. Like, Sorry. yo, I'm on the way. I'll see you in an hour. Like. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like cut the board. If you were, if you were like, if you were running late, would your wife be like, what's wrong? Like, would she be completely so if, shocked? So if I was meeting her somewhere and it was, uh, say we was meeting at 11 and it was say 1120 and I'm not there and I haven't called her. I think she definitely would. She would definitely call me or text me and be like, yo, you good? You know what I mean? yeah. She definitely would. Listen, just remember, as you enter this crazy world, because the NFL world is a lot more sane than all the shit out here, you're not the crazy one. We're the crazy ones. I appreciate that, because I'll probably drive myself crazy, man. <laughs> Keep kicking ass. He's got the Man to Man podcast. Antoine Bethay, you can follow him on Twitter, at abethay 41 Um is there anything else you want to get out? Uh, you were so great on the Super Bowl podcast. Uh, Heather is amazing and only te- speaks well of you. You got Carl working with you. He's a great guy. Uh, what else can people be on the lookout for as you enter back into this? Man, nonsense? I'm re-releasing my book, man. In 2018, man, I, um, <clears throat> I uh, released a book, Better Yourself Inside the Mind of the Ultimate Underdog. 
Um, obviously, from 18 to now, a lot of things um, have changed in my life and in this world, man. So I'm re-releasing that book. So um, be on the lookout for that. And then um, other than that, man, I'm just going to be out here trying to take over the world, man. Just just living one day at a time. I love that. Well, if you ever need uh, to talk shop on some podcast stuff or the next time that you and DB have a clubhouse, I went on my first clubhouse stage last man, be, night. Be careful, man. Be careful. Clubhouse, I man. know. Like, you know, it, it's cool. I, I'm not I'm not going to front. I've made a lot of good connections on clubhouse, but sometimes clubhouse can have you on, have you up at a time. You need to be getting some rest. And sleep. I was up at one thirty last night. Also bullshit. Be careful, man. Be careful now. Let me also tell you, do you know what the worst part about Clubhouse is? When you're sitting in a room where you're really knowledgeable about what's going on and you got to listen to some broke ass like that knows nothing. Yeah. Get out of here. I hate it. That's why I leave quietly a lot of times. See, that was perfect timing. That was perfect timing. The man stays on schedule. He got a call. He's got to go. Antoine Bethay, thank you for your time, bro. Congratulations on everything, man. Hear ye, hear ye. These are the three crack commandments. With Bill Krakenberger. Big shout out to Antoine Bethay. What a what an amazing moment when you get to decide on your own terms. You know what? I think I'm good. 14-year NFL careers are rare. I I'll have to look it up, but I can't imagine there's been too many guys in the league that has ever reached that long. So congratulations to him. Check out all of this stuff. Now, a guy whose career is just really starting to blossom. Daddy. Crack Daddy is going to be one of those guys when he's 85 years old, sitting there on the boardwalk, hawking out picks and saying, hey, sweetheart, you want something? I got you. Colts plus six and a half. Crack Daddy, how you living? <laughs> good. How we doing? Good. Great. Look, this is a fun time of the year for me. Uh, Pray very tell. unusual. I watch every game. I mean, I don't really watch a lot of games throughout the year. You know, I'll watch some primetime games with my buddies or something. But I love watching when sports is real, when the NFL playoffs are real. Uh, this, this, is, this is for all the marbles, and uh, I, I really look forward to uh, this week. I remember talking to Warren, and he always said that wild card and divisional round was his favorite time to bet money because you took away all of the, the teams that are unreliable – and you really have these super consistent teams that are either good or great. And so it's you're not worried about crazy execution. Wild card round and divisional round, how do you feel betting these games compared to the regular season games? Well, I'll actually step out a little bit and bet some of the games. I, 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 don't, I don't think I had a single side the whole season that I gave out to my crack wins, guys. I didn't give out none of them. But I'll bet a couple sides here and there uh, on the playoffs here. And I'm looking to really, you know, bet against the public money here more than any time of the year. I know there's always public money on primetime games, but I I'm looking to bet against the – I just seen a move. It just happened in the last 15 minutes here. Tell us about in, it. In the NFL, which – okay. Oh, you don't uh, want to give it away? This is coming out on Friday. No, no, no. Yeah, it's coming on Friday. Good, we can do it because I'm going to tell. Yes. Listen – I'll tell you right now, this is my, okay, 
This just happened because I, I, an hour ago I looked at all the lines. If I can get nine points, oh God, this is such a, you can see there, it just came out. I don't know if you guys could see. Nine is the line on the Tampa Bay at Chris, which is the number one offshore sports book that everyone copies. Let me tell you something. Even though brick and mortar sports books in this country, they copy off Pinnacle or Chris. So that's Costa Rican International. They went to nine just now on Tampa Bay. I, I, I'll tell you. Nine points on, on – uh, listen, everyone wants to bet on Tampa. You know what's proven this to me? On my odds trader screen, which shows odds too, look at this. 97% of the money is on Washington. Oh, Tampa, I mean, Tampa. Everyone else is – I'm sorry, on Tampa. Fuck. Everyone else is like 50 Crack, 50, I have – And they're I, 97%. I have two bets. I have a bet with Tiki Barber and with Ingber, and I took Bucks minus eight and a half, and now I feel like I'm the king of the squares. You know, I, I talked to my assistant before the show, and, and – I actually said if there's a teaser this week to bet, it is Tampa Bay. So I, I said Tampa minus you like can get two through and a half. Numbers. Minus, yeah, yeah, get through the, the seven and the three. But I'll tell you, here's a secret little sauce here. I'm probably going to have the plus nine under forty five. It's correlated too. It's kind of because it's a low total. So I like the correlation of betting the the plus nine and under forty five. Maybe even more than betting the teaser. Right mm. now, I have to have an open teaser on that game. I don't know who I tease them with. So uh, this just goes to show you that football is just a – it's a game of inches, man. Here I'm talking about betting one team, uh, the same game, one team minus the under the three, under the two and a half, and the other team plus nine. Uh, I, I probably lean to the plus nine if that's going to happen. I think some more public money is even going to come in this weekend, and we'll find that nine again anyway, especially that Chris just went to nine. It, it, it's just, just think about it. You've seen it on odds trade. 97% wow. betting. I want to be on the bookmaker side. I want to have the side they have. They're going to have Washington this week, just like they're going to have the Bears. So Talk about the Bears then. Bears getting right. 10 in New Orleans. Let me just say I'm going to add a little bit of Lefko sauce on here. Kamara can only get off this COVID stuff the day of the game, and he's their main weapon. Michael Thomas is dealing with his ankle stuff. Drew Brees, who the hell knows? Uh, the, I don't think the Saints are as secure as that 10 points. And I feel like that 10 points is because people are going, oh, it's going to be Mitchell Trubisky down there in New Orleans. There's no crowd in the Superdome. You're telling me that Khalil Mack can't make a mess of a few plays and make this get a little bit crazy. Jalen Johnson, the cornerback, is back for the Bears. Do you... Who do you? This has been the popular question all week. Who's more likely to pull off the upset, Washington or Chicago? How, how do you feel? Um, I have to say that uh, you, you know usually you go by the lines, uh, but I'm going to probably pick the dog here and say if out of the two, I would think the Bears would be more of an upset pass. I don't think New Orleans uh, is as good as Tampa Bay. If that makes any sense, I, I think New Orleans can. I, I think that even though they're probably rated a little bit higher than. Uh, if, if I had to pick one of the two dogs there uh, to win outright, I'd probably pick uh, New Orleans to to, uh, to lose that game mm. to Chicago. But, you know, Pinnacle just went to 10 and a half. Pinnacle's my – they're the two sports books I follow offshore. They, they control the line. They control the market. Pinnacle just went to 10 and a half on that. So should we do a Bears – should we do a Bears-Washington parlay? Oof. Oof. That would be like doing uh, 
the Jets to Cincinnati. That Sunday oh. Monday prime time game parlay. I think a hundred bucks paid thirty six hundred or something. I was saying yeah. earlier uh, that one of the things I liked is if you think the Colts can beat the Bills then you should parlay the points and the under because they're not going to win in a shootout. And if the Colts are to win this game or keep it really close, it's going to be a low-scoring affair by running the ball and keeping Josh Allen. How do you feel about like guessing on pace of play for these playoff games? Well, you know um... – I am. I, I just seem to. I just can't stand Rivers. I know he's a great quarterback. Everyone says he made two hundred million dollars. He's a nice guy. He's got a dozen kids or whatever. A great guy. But I don't know if I can put my money on Rivers in, in that game. Allen's Allen's smoking hot right now. So I, I just think that uh, the Bears are just. Uh, I'm sorry, the Bears. The Bills. The Bills are just uh, going through it ahead of steam here. I'll tell you what. I look forward, and I think this is going to happen. Obviously, I look forward to. Um, the the Bills playing the Chiefs. Kansas City Chiefs. I'll just tell you, I know everyone's going to uh, – you can bet on a line right now on that game. You could bet all different matchups. Boy, I'll tell you, I will take the Bills with three and a half, three and a half, four points, which I'm seeing here. Uh, I know I'm all over the place. Sorry, Adam. No, I, this is this is great because this is the other I, I thing. Will, it's spontaneous stuff. Well, no, this yeah, is the I, thing that I, I want. This stuff you can bet on public doesn't know. They don't know you can bet on this. Kind of, Wait, you could bet on so. a Bills-Kansas-City matchup that hasn't even happened yet? Yes. Oh, you can bet on every single matchup. And what if it doesn't every happen? Every single – you get your money back. Yeah, that's a, that's a refund. And it's so like right now you're bet. seeing that if the Bills play Kansas-City in the AFC Championship game, the Chiefs would be favored by three and a half? I think I seen a three and a half on one site and a four on another site. Yeah. Um, wow. Yeah. So I, I, I would I would take the points there right away. Looking. Well, at this that. is this um, is why I was excited I to talk that- to you too. Is is you have your eyes on futures? I think everyone right now is dabbling their beaks in the betting for just this week. Um, as you're looking ahead towards Super Bowl odds, I know that it's weird that I feel like the Chiefs were were plus two hundred or something like that. Um, to win the Super Bowl, I, I had him yesterday at plus two twenty five, and I'm sure there's different lines everywhere. But to like win the AFC Championship, they were minus one fifty, and I was like, "Right, why would you take that one and not take the Chiefs to win the Super Bowl?" You could, you could, I agree with you. You could just hedge if you don't. If you just bet, bet in the bet. Now I'll tell you another thing. You just said it right. I thought I had a good odds. I didn't really look anywhere except for I'm on, I'm on the Circa app right now. So you're saying I was looking at DraftKings. They, they do. They do yes nos by the way. I love yes nos on bets. So they don't just do the the, the yes. They'll do the no also. You can lay yeah. You could it. short a team. You could short. I, I tell you that the, the the one I was looking at. I hate this sounds so square, but you're saying two twenty five. I, I think the Chiefs are good value at two twenty five because let's face it. A month ago, um, and I know because I bet this earlier in the season on after like week four, I bet plus four to one. A month ago, it was only two to one, one ninety-five. What has happened in the previous month, the last month with the, the the Chiefs that their odds are better now? Now I know they haven't. I think they're one and six in their last seven games against the spread. So I guess the odds maker is looking at that and saying, "Oh, you know what? They're not as good as people think." I just think that the Chiefs were kind of. They were like almost naming their their game. I mean, yeah, on Fanduel, on Fanduel to win the Super Bowl, they're plus two twenty. Jesus, uh, I mean, uh, I just think that's a good hedge bet. Do you think they're not going to win next weekend? Maybe not, but I, I don't want to bet them to win the AFC. Laying money, that's for sure. When I could take just if they win that game, 
I, I could hedge it in the Super Bowl, you know, the plus 220 or 225. So uh, I, I find that interesting. I also find interesting um, there's some teams in here. I think uh, – I know traditionally betters don't look at this kind of stuff, but we're going to talk about it here. So you could bet every single team to win the Super Bowl. Well, obviously, if you bet a team like – let's use the – Let's use the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, if you could, you want to bet the Buccaneers to win the Super Bowl, well, right now you can get 10 to 1 yep. on the Bucs to win the Super Bowl. So if they get by this weekend, which they're supposed to do as a nine-point favorite, uh, then you can actually look at hedging situations down the line. Instead of betting them this week minus 8.5, minus 9, maybe you bet them on the money line this week, and next week you can hedge that bet uh, You know when they move on, if they move on. Uh, I just think it's a good way to, instead of betting, it's, just, it's a perfect example. You can bet a money line dog. This is a real secret of, uh, of, of, of gamblers here. Just bet the money line on your team. Instead of betting a future, sometimes the money line works out better, a money line parlay. So instead of betting a team plus 10 to 1, well, maybe you just bet the money line here on the first game for that same 100 bucks. If they win and you win 300 bucks, now you have, you know, $300. And now you take that 300 and bet the money line again during the next division of the, of the playoffs. And then you, you, can get, you can actually get better odds, mm. better return on investment than just betting a future for them to win the Super Bowl. But you have to work out the math. It takes a little bit of work. You have to see who's the, who's the potential uh, opponents of them and think what the money line is going to be. And then it's real simple. You can just look at any, any chart to find out a money line. You can make more money maybe parlaying that team on the money line rather than betting the future for them to win the Super Bowl. So that's kind of interesting too. The uh, the Bucks are interesting to me just because I'm I'm looking at the NFC and I'm like if they can avoid Green Bay in the next round and Green Bay they hope that they fall off because my issue is I just don't think it's going to be easy for any of these teams to go to Lambeau. And that's why I do think Green Bay has a decided advantage and they're the only team getting a bye. But it the, the real question is is who can avoid them in the next round and hope for an upset or hope, you know, for something like that? Because on the other side, the the Bills we know can avoid the Chiefs until the AFC championship game because of where they're seated. And you I just get the feeling, I don't know about you, but the Ravens and the Titans and the Steelers, all these teams in the AFC, they could really beat each other up before they have to play the Chiefs. And so that's why I'm I'm looking at the the, the Bucks. I'm just going. If they can avoid the Packers, man, they really do have a chance. Yeah, you know, you're, you're right. Uh, the only other team there you said that I – out of that group of teams that are beating each other up, I think the Ravens have been uh, – it's no secret. They've been uh, just running it up on teams lately. Though, if you remember, they had their lull in the middle of the season. Where they lost to the Titans. Yeah, they had their lull in the season. So, um, you, you could be right there. And we all know that what happened – uh, I think I think the Titans are the ones that knocked them out of the playoffs too. You know, yep. so th- th- there's there's always that factor of of um, deer in the headlights. I'll just tell you this too, though. You have to remember this, guys. Mahomes last year did not look good in the Super Bowl until the fourth quarter, maybe mid, you know, the end of the third, fourth quarter. So uh, it, now he may learn from that. He may he may have grown from that experience. But this is a different animal for a lot of these kids, and I call them kids because. Their kids, yeah. they're 25, 20, you know, 27 years old. Their kids in there. And uh, this, this could be a little, you, you could see the cream will rise to the top. Uh, Don't talk shit about you know, I, I hate the sounds. Oh, that's cool. 
that's cool. You got the look. These on, are uh, yeah. these are the new Mahomes Oakleys uh, that was sent to me. Oh wow! Be debuting on an upcoming Bleacher Report uh, Instagram story. <laughs> uh, they're so cool. Let me let me ask you a question there, Crack. I feel ridiculous right now. Crack, um, who else other than the Bucks does the public love that you're going, I'm gonna fade the shit out of the public on this one? I know. It's it it I'm looking at my odds again. I'll tell you right now. Uh as I as I show you there, I see that Chicago, New Orleans just went to ten and a half. I mean, wow. they went to ten and a half at Pinnacle. Uh, ten and a half. My God, I, I know that the Bears were eight and eight, and they didn't even you know last week they they kind of snuck in the playoffs. They 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 lost the game they were supposedly needed to win against the the Packers. And Roquan Smith um, is likely going to be out, but right, right, right. No, this is uh, uh, I'll tell you, I'm looking to bet against the public on games here. Now, I, I, so so I'm looking to bet. I'll tell you another game. Let me give you another team. If the Rams go back to four, I missed the four and a half. The game came out four and a half for a second. Uh, went to four, stayed at four uh, against the Seattle Rams. I think the Rams might be a, a good bet here, two plus four points. So I usually never give out NFL sides on your show. It, it just the reason I like time, that man. one, the reason I like that one is I looked at it. And if John Wolford, if he is the one that plays, can avoid turnovers – the way the Rams have shut down the Seahawks offense this season has been crazy. In two games, DK Metcalf does not have 100 yards against this team. If he does, it's like 107. Also, Russell Wilson in the two games has been sacked 11 times. Whenever I see Rams Seahawks, it's Aaron Donald in the backfield creating havoc. And if it is a low-scoring game, the Rams are the team with the better run with the better defense and the better running game. And I, I think it could get really interesting uh, that it is a bad matchup for the Seahawks. It is a bad matchup the, for the Seahawks. The, the last game was, I think, 20 to 9. Is that right? When, yes. when Goff got hurt? I think. The, yes. Okay. What, the first game, I don't know what the first game was. They, they Rams beat him. Oh, the Rams beat him. So, so th- that last game, you're right, low-scoring affair and – and the situation came in hand there. Were you going to bet the Rams this week? Does it look like one of your games? I, It's definitely one that's caught my attention. Earlier this year, the Rams beat the Seahawks 23-16. to That was the other game, but still only 16 points. Russell Wilson was 248, two picks, no touchdowns. He ran a bunch, but that was really it. And DK Metcalf was two for 28. Cam Akers really wasn't into his own. Jared Goff didn't throw a pick, but he also didn't throw a touchdown. Um, I... And their the leading re- receiver was Reynolds. I think that um, what really gave me a lot of confidence in the Rams was the way that they handled some of their playoff games earlier in Sean McVay's career. Cowboys comes to mind. Um, and I do not like the way the Seattle Seahawks are playing right now. They, they have instilled zero confidence in me. Even one of their wins against Washington, against Dwayne Haskins, was pathetic. Oh, yeah. It was pathetic. Yeah. They didn't cover the spread in that game either. And so I, I, I just don't know where the Seahawks are. And I also don't know how much I trust Jared Goff, even if he doesn't play. So I'm not sure like it's that big of a drop-off, to be honest. Sure. It actually may hurt them, actually. You know what? Uh, I would rather see, uh, yeah, it, John it, it, it Wolford. Them actually, yeah, I may want to see Wolford in that position there. 
Uh, and we'll, you know, we'll see, of course, the starting quarterback, they want you know, this is for the, the big, this is for everything. So, um, let me give you one, before we get off air here, let me give you another bet. You said DraftKings. I seen a very interesting bet at DraftKings who will have the most yards this weekend. So, um, a team that has potential blowout offenses, I would look for someone that's been running it up. I look at Baltimore. Um, I, there's, there's two different guys I, I, I like. There is uh, 16 to one, I believe, um, Dobbins was 16 to one. This is for the weekend. Uh, 16 to one favorite. And Camaro was 18 to one. So these are two big favorites mm. that I think these guys can run it up. It, it's just two good bets I've seen at, at DraftKings. And uh, that's just another thing. I just try to. I love your, your I love your pick of Dobbins. I, I, yeah. I am willing to bet. I wish I could bet on what's going to be the most entertaining game because that Sunday, one o'clock game, Ravens, Titans, the Titans have no defense absolutely zero and i could totally see dobbins going stride for stride with henry in that game as they both put up 35 points and that sounds like yep, good value yep, yep. it's 16 to 1 to get I know, to get the starting running sick. back of a team against one of the worst defenses in the nfl and they're angry yeah i like that yeah yeah so it should be fun but um yeah that's good stuff we got a lot of good fun stuff this weekend man i can't wait look forward to watching it uh what song have you been listening to a lot lately Oh, song. Oh, I can't believe you're asking this. I was in the shower and I put my little Bluetooth thing on. I am. I'm a, I seen Billy Joel on TV saying, giving his top five songs that he likes. So I was like, a couple of them I really didn't know. Um, so It Goes was one of his favorite songs. And it's not really a popular song. So I listened to that one today. And then I listened to his other favorite song, Vienna. Ooh. And I just, so there you go. That's what I was, I don't know how you asked it, how you listened but uh, yeah, I saw him. I was in a Billy Joel, New York state of mind, baby. When I see you, I feel your energy and I know where you are. And I just wanted to say this because I didn't want to interrupt you before. My favorite crack is an exasperated crack where you shake your head vigorously and you go, I don't know. I don't know. It's my favorite thing in the world. Keep that up. You're the best. Download the Crack Wins app if you'd like to interact with Crack and see. Apparently, he's so confident he's giving out sides right now. So you heard a little bit here, but he's going to have a lot more in-depth analysis. I think he showed you what he's working with when he was talking about the value of betting consecutive money lines versus future. I'm going to be honest. That's not stuff that people like me are capable of. You can only get that on the Crack Wins app. Crack, you're the man, dude. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Have a great weekend. Enjoy. See you, brother. Enjoy the games and buena suerte. That's right. All right. Take care, guys. See ya. And for uh, my people out there that aren't Spanish speaking, that is good luck in Spanish. How is your Spanish these days, David Ingber? It's pretty good. Um, I try to read to my daughter in Spanish. I try to teach her a new Spanish word every day. Really? Yeah. What, what was the? What's the word today? Oh, you know, just like if I'm handing her a, a spoon, I'll say, this is a spoon. Do you want to know how to say spoon in Spanish? La cuchara. Are you? I didn't know you were a big uh, Spanish guy. Yeah, I try to speak Spanish as much as I can. I'm not, I wouldn't call myself fluent, but uh, okay. I, today's I can speak Spanish. Word, today's word for your daughter is a sentence. It's it's more of a phrase. It's incrementar dinero en apuestas, which is parlay in Spanish. <laughs> I was going to say it's incremental money for, okay, I got it. Parlay. I don't, I don't know like as many, uh, you know, idioms or things as I, as I should, but I just um, got that from Google, the old great. English to Spanish translator. Um, you've now heard Antoine Bethay. You've now heard crack. 
as you've done all your preparation and you're thinking about bets, what did you take listening to them about the playoffs and betting? What did you think about crack was saying there with Washington and Chicago and Uh, betting on the chiefs and all that? I was going to say, I felt really good about my Washington play because this just feels like one of those weeks where not a single percent. Yeah. Uh, As you know, if you, if you go against the public, now any one week, any one game, any one season, you could be wrong. But if you bet against the public squares every single week and you really get the ones where the public is all over, you can't lose. Uh, So I felt better about my Washington bet than I did before. Um, (laughs) um, And I wanted to change my mind about how I would disperse my $10 in a paramutual bet, um, I would not actually put money on the Chiefs because knowing my friends or know any group of friends that I know, they would actually not give me Chiefs value. I would actually not be getting the two and a half to one or the two and a quarter to one value. I think I'd probably be getting like, you know, one to one and a half value, right? right? Two to three value. Uh, and I just, because people overvalue the chiefs, it's easy to say, Oh, the chiefs are awesome. Patrick Mahomes. It's awesome. But this is a crazy playoffs coming up. We don't know which team is going to lose a head coach in the first round. Mm. We don't know which team is going to lose two offensive tackles right Mm. before the big game. So to take the overwhelming favorite with so many variables still left at play. Yes. A lot of teams have to win four games and the, you know, the chiefs only have to win three games, but still just taking the overwhelming favorite, unless you're getting really good value just doesn't feel like the right play to me. It, I always bring it back to the Warriors because it really does feel like even the year where it's like, oh, the Warriors are going to win it all. They still went to seven with the Rockets, and a lot of people thought the Rockets were going to win that game. You know, yeah, like after, Paul Hamstring away from possibly winning, right? And in retrospect, like we look back at those times and afterwards, like, oh, yeah, they were supposed to win, they won. It's like there are his moments where if that went a few inches left or a few inches right, it could have gone either way. But just in retrospect, it seems so definitive. But it, yeah, it's one of those things where you win a ring, you got a ring. And when people look back on the Raptors winning, they say like, right. hey, they made the right move. They traded for Kawhi Leonard. They did it. They went all in and they got rewarded for it. It's like, yeah, but if Kevin Durant hadn't torn his Achilles and Clay Thompson this and yeah. Giannis that, then they didn't win a chip. And now all of a sudden it was a bad trade. Like, you know, like this is your whole mm-hmm. thing about uh, being process minded and not results minded, right? You finished the regular season. A perfect 0 and 16, flawless slash 16 and 0. Are you going to continue in the playoffs? Yeah, of course. Okay, uh, we're up to you're up to what like 150 dollars. <laughs> yeah, it's, as I said, these these bets don't actually exist if you're truly fading them. But yeah, if you wanted to play the numbers, I would have made somewhere between like eight and twelve dollars a week if you would bet a hundred dollars on each of these fades. All right, I am going to make some bets here now that I've listened to Crack and I've heard his analysis. Man, it's interesting, isn't it? Um, my love, my like, and my list. For my list, I am going to take the Chicago Bears plus 10. There it is. Uh, man, I hate this bet, but I want to be on one of the underdogs. And because I made bets with you guys on Tampa Bay, Washington, I can't do it there. I'm going to list the bears plus 10. Uh, I do like promise you, I promise you here and now on the podcast, that if the bears are winning 14 to 10 in the third quarter, I will not text you. Hey, Mitch looks pretty good. I will not do that out of respect for your beliefs in uh, the supernatural. Thank you. That, and that, that was one of the most beautiful things you've ever said to me. <laughs> And I appreciate that. 
The second game that I'm going to take is I'm going to take the under in the Brown Steelers game. Under 47 and a half. I don't like that the offensive play calling is disrupted for the Browns. I think that because both teams literally faced each other last week, not a lot of these concepts are going to be new. Even though it was Mason Rudolph, I still feel like the Steelers offense is lobbing up to wide receivers, and I just don't think that's sustainable. I do not. I think that if anyone's going to know how to stop the Steelers offense, it's going to be the Browns for this third time, and I think the Browns are going to want to just pound the rock, and I think they're going to be a little bit out of sorts. 47.5 is low, but I'm taking it. I also think it's going to be colder there at Heinz Field at night. And then uh, the other one is I'm going back to what I'm rooting for. Ravens Titans over 54 and a half. It is shootout city. It is anger city. I want Derrick Henry 70 yard ones runs matched with JK Dobbins 70 yard runs. I want a Hollywood Brown explosion. I want Lamar Jackson to throw for 500 yards and four touchdowns and shut up everybody with these playoff stuff. I want Ryan Tannehill running in the end zone and flipping the ball to himself. I, I want this game to be the shootout of the century. I want 70 points. So I'm I'm putting my love, I'm putting my bet where my heart is. I'm taking Ravens Titans over 54 and a half. I like it. Bet with your heart. That's what you did with the uh, the Packers Titans. So I think the the universe owes you a big over, right? Yeah, and the Packers the, the it, it looked like I was on a good path. It was 40 to 14 was the final, right? So it's like one guy did their part. What did I need? Like one more 56. point there? You needed yeah, you needed a safety basically. Okay. Yeah. One of them handled it. So I, will the Titans do it to me twice? You know, I think I said in week four, I'm never going to bet on the Titans again uh, in any way. And I just can consistently put myself in a position to bet on Titans games all the time. Um, I like it. David Ingber, is there uh, anything else in the betting sphere uh, that you wanted to talk about before we get out out of here? Yeah, this is the first time uh, in NFL history, this is from Constant Madness on Reddit, that one conference had seven teams with 11 plus wins, right? The AFC with the Chiefs, the Bills, the Steelers, and then the Titans, Ravens, Browns, Colts all at 11 wins. So there was no sneak in to the playoffs there. So whether the Chiefs make it to the Super Bowl or not, it does feel like you're going to be getting a huge advantage on the AFC. It feels like overall, the body of work done by the AFC is more impressive than that done by the NFC. So I know you've dabbled a little bit talking to Crack a couple of weeks ago about the AFC AFC versus NFC NFC line. uh, And it was four and a half, which was baking the Chiefs into the line. So if you still like that, that's something that I like. Maybe just a a little bit a tier down from things that you might be thinking about this particular weekend. Although it is, it's a delayed gratification bet, of course. You just made me realize the big winner of the whole Eagles benching Jalen Hurts fiasco, other than getting in the playoffs, was Washington. Mm -hmm. And I mean it on this regard. If in a year where there were seven teams in the AFC or eight teams that had double-digit wins, normally we'd be talking about how pathetic is it that Washington is seven and nine and they're in the playoffs. But instead, all of that, this team annoys me vitriol went to the Eagles mm. and talked about the giants where instead we're over here being like, man, I would love to see chase young, but normally it would be like the dolphins deserve to be in over Washington. We should have conference reseeding. So I'm just realized they kind of skated by on that one. 
Do you have a take on whether a team that's seven and nine should get in over a team that's, let's say, 10 and six, like three games better? Or do you really feel like winning your division, you deserve to go in no matter what? Sims convinced me on this where like how important the divisional stuff matters. And then when also you realize like six of 16 games are your division, which really is like 40%. I don't know what the math is on that, but around like three A's 37.5%. Nice. Um, It's so much in it. And those division titles really mean something to those guys that if if I talk to NFL players and they really didn't give a fuck about their divisions, then I really wouldn't care either. But the fact that like when when like Travis Kelsey is like taking shots at the Raiders and that's like a real thing and like yeah. when 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 Emmett Smith curses me out because he finds out I'm an Eagles fan, if division matchups really matter that much to the players, then I think division titles should matter too. I, I usually go off the players because they're the ones banging their bodies around. So um, that's, uh, it hit me on a, on a, on a heart level an emotional level. Yeah. I think that's, it, it is interesting and you're right. The players should be the ones to really give you the inside scoop of what, how that stuff affects the way you play and how you schedule like yourself. They out. give a shit when they get those NFC right. East hats and shirts, like they really care. Right. Um, yeah, it was just George Seifert, I think, was on Twitter, and he said something like, hey, Giants fans, instead of being mad at the Eagles for benching Jalen Hurts, maybe try to win more than six games in a season, which is a reasonable take. But at the same time, it's like, did either team really deserve to make the playoffs when there was a possible team that could have won nine or ten games that didn't make it like the Dolphins? There's been a bunch of Giants bashing on this show, and I would like to say this. For the Giants to win that game against a Cowboys team that the week before embarrassed the Eagles and to get this moment, a very career-defining moment for Joe Judge as a new head coach, to be able to sit up on that podium, and whether I agree with it or not, and I do not, that he was able to call out the Eagles and say, we will never do that, what the Giants were able to do was actually amazing. What they did with their culture this year, Washington too, but for the Giants to now have a few months where the team is completely bought into their head coach, they go out on a win, they stop the Cowboys from making a run at the playoffs. While I, as an Eagles fan, have very much enjoyed the fact that they're not going to the playoffs, I must also admit it was a very big moment for Joe Judge and the Giants moving forward, and I think it really was a culture-setting two weeks for that franchise. So... I'm I'm laughing now as an Eagles fan, but I have a feeling Joe Judge is going to have the last laugh. He filed that one away. Yeah, that's. But listen, I love a good Eagles Giants rivalry. You know how much I fucking talk about it. It's the best. Hey, um, divisional rivals, it matters. Before we go, for David Ingber, an escalator can never break. It can only become stairs. You should never see an escalator temporarily out of order sign. Just escalator temporarily stairs. Sorry for the convenience. Mitch Hedberg, rest in peace. Can you do another Mitch Hedberg, but in your Mitch Hedberg voice, please? Uh, yeah, I'm really excited to get off stage because I have lifesavers in my pocket and red is next. <laughs> Something like that. It's not great. Shit, man. There's really not much better than knowing Red's next and Lifesavers. Golly. I just want to end it there. I'm the L-E-F-K-O-E man. Good luck in your bets this weekend. Good luck with the games. If you got a team in the final 16 or 14 hour minute there is, good luck to you. I hope you win a Super Bowl. Have a great weekend. Love you a lot. <laughs>